Hello, and welcome to the AMA's Steps Forward podcast series. We'll hear from healthcare leaders nationwide about real-world solutions to the challenges that practices are confronting today. Solutions that help put the joy back into medicine. AMA's Steps Forward program is open access and free to all at stepsforward.org. Hi, everyone. Welcome. I'm Jill Jin, Senior Decision Advisor and Steps Forward Editor at the AMA. Today, we will be discussing our latest module called Medical Assistant Recruitment and Retention, Find and Keep the Right Medical Assistance for Your Practice. And I'm so thrilled to have with me two of the authors of the module, Dr. Jim Jerzak and Christine Dezoga. Thank you both for being with me today. My pleasure, thanks. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves to the audience. Jim Jerzak, a family doctor here in Green Bay. I've been actually practicing uh, since 86 in Green Bay with Bell and Health since 96. And I've been a full-time practicing family physician. In 2016, we started our team-based care transformation. So I've been the physician lead for team-based care here at Bell. And and, uh, we'll, I'm sure, get into that a little bit here as far as what that means for the MA role. But... uh, uh, it's been, uh, I'm glad to be with you. It's exciting. Christine DeZoga, I have been a medical assistant since 1990. I've worked in a variety of roles, um, including practice manager. And currently, I am running the medical assisting program for City Colleges of Chicago at Malcolm X College. Let's dive right in. And first things first, can you define for our audience what a medical assistant is? and the various pathways one can take to become a medical assistant. So a medical assistant is a cross-trained employee in administrative and clinical skills and a variety of skills. When you are looking at a medical assistant, they have a very broad range of training and the training that they receive, I can tell you they will never fully utilize in one practice. There are several pathways to becoming a medical assistant. There is the military pathway. If you had medical training through the military, you can have graduated from a medical assisting training program. And then there is the apprenticeship model, which is a medical assistant who has worked in the field for five years, five consecutive years, and can have a a physician attest to their skill set. The MA role is not very well defined. And of course, it varies so widely depending on your practice, depending on the patient population, depending on practice size, your needs. And so it's very difficult to recruit and train MAs in a way that's standardized, but also unique and a well fit for the specific practice. How could this process be optimized? There's a big movement uh, to team-based care across the country. And uh, one of the key features of that is, is really an uptrained role for the medical assistants. Uh, they become key members of the team and, and do a lot of the EHR work getting involved with um, quality measure improvement and, and population health work and, and documentation. So when uh, the requirements for MA is actually the numbers are, are quite high now. There's a shortage of MAs and, and people going to team-based care because, because of the enhanced support, we often need more than one MA per uh, provider, per physician in busy practices. So there's a, quite a demand on, uh, on the MAs. So recruitment is, an, is a big issue for us and for systems we've talked to across the country. Um, the other thing we found out is when you look at training of medical assistants, they're really not trained 
uh, to a large extent for the things they're going to be doing in team-based care. So what that means is systems just have to be prepared to train internally to some extent. Uh, you know, for example, how to document a, a note. You know, they come in and, and they're not even clear, you know, the difference between an HPI and a review of systems, and that all has to be trained. Um, fortunately, it's doable, and it, it, the end result is really great, but, but it, it's been a challenge in terms of uh, recruiting adequate numbers and then training them internally. The recruitment angle of it, the job description should really be detailed to what your needs are. I, uh, most of the time, you see these very generic job descriptions, but understand that medical assistants with their, uh, ex, you know, their experienced medical assistants, they may have worked in primary care and they're now going into, say, a specialty office. It's going to be a very different feel and look to what they what the expectation is. And so it really should be detailed on what what you're really looking for. The other thing is that um, you really want to determine the pace of your um, practice. So I can say when I was my very last position before this, when I was working in a very fast paced environment when we had people join the team who were very slow paced it wasn't a good fit for us we had way too many patients we were moving fast you kind of want to get that feel for if it is you know what their pace is and i would say that working with schools that are around your organization really should look into newly trained medical assistants. They are the most open to being trained the way you want them, so you can form them. The adage of hire for personality and train for skills, I think is really applicable in this, in this role. One other issue I did want to touch upon is kind of, is, is the issue of equity or health equity, which is of course so important um, in this day and age. And the idea that, that hiring MAs, kind of what you were saying, Christine, from your community or from your local school or those familiar, those coming from the same community and background as your patients might be coming from, seems to be beneficial just because patients tend to have a more trusting and close relationship with healthcare professionals they feel they can relate to in that manner. Do you have any personal experience with this or any stories to share? We have done quite extensive recruitment in different areas of the city for students from those areas where we have determined there are healthcare disparities. And then we work with the organizations in those, we partner very closely with the organizations in those communities to then attempt to transition those students into positions in those areas. Um, it helps the organization and also, you know, we're fulfilling um, one of our mission statements. So. Uh, the minority population here is, is small but growing. And one thing that we've done is one of, we have about 31 um, ambulatory clinics. And for one of our clinics, we've converted that into a, a bilingual clinic, a Spanish clinic. And uh, I was talking to the lead of that last night, and it was really interesting. She was saying they, they just don't want people to be bilingual. They, they want them to be, to be bicultural. She said that makes a big difference in, in trying to communicate with people and understand where, where they're coming from. So this clinic um, has really been doing well. And, and talking to her last night, she said um, in their quality data, the Spanish-speaking patients actually have better quality data than, than the non-Spanish-speaking ones in, in, that, in that clinic. I think partly she attributes that to the, to the bicultural type of aspect they bring to that. It's really interesting. Once recruited and trained, of course, retention of medical assistance is critical for a practice to thrive. So how can practices retain their top MA talent. So we've worked with our uh, 
our system to try to try to enhance that a bit for these people, especially as they're taking on more advanced roles. Um, we're we're talking about considering um, quality bonuses based on quality measures since they're doing much of the work in that area, and uh, and that that may help. But ultimately, it's got to be a fulfilling job role. And uh, you know, once they're they're established in this role and they're they're re having relationships with patients and and the, the physicians working with them empower them to to do the more advanced things in the practice. That I think ultimately is what keeps them um, part of a team culture. They feel part of a team. They're empowered. The patients look to them for for questions and things like that. that that's really been been uh, helpful for us. Um, professional development is huge. Um, just not feeling stagnant in that role and feeling like they, they're contributing something to the team. What tips do you have for physicians who wish to build a trusting and fulfilling relationship and a long-term relationship with their medical assistant? Well, number one, they have to be trained well. And number two, you have to empower them to, to do things. Now, when, when you're starting with the documentation piece in team-based care, they are extremely vulnerable because they're very unsure of themselves and, uh, and just don't have a lot of confidence in that. So, so we really stress with our physicians, you have to be very careful with your feedback um, and giving constructive criticism and positive feedback. You have to stay away from negative feedback because that, that is very, very harmful at that time. But then, you know, and even with all the different um, things that the uh, MAs are doing in the in-basket in team-based care, you, you just have to trust them to be able to, to do the, the thing that they're being asked to do. And you're always going to be able to have oversight. I mean, you're still going to have to sign off on things and, and things like that. But, but uh, the, the feedback is just so important. So it's a team and, and, and they become valuable members of the team. And, and you have to make sure they realize that they are valuable members. And, you know, the research on, on enhancing the roles of the MAs is leading to decreased provider burnout, too. So there, there's a win-win situation here. And uh, we've got to do all we can to, to foster that type of approach. Well, I think that is a good note to end on. Thank you both for taking the time to speak with me today. We so appreciate your expertise in, in this very important topic. Thank you for listening to this episode from the AMA Steps Forward podcast series. AMA Steps Forward program is open access and free to all at stepsforward.org. Steps Forward can help put the joy back into medicine by offering real-world solutions to the challenges that your practice is confronting today. We look forward to you joining us next time on the AMA's Steps Forward podcast series, stepsforward.org.